Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, we have your backlash recap. Darby Allen, Jeff Hardy go out there and have a special night. Abushi tries to burn it all down. That and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. See all that shit you was fucking with, fucking with him last week. I have, I have thoughts. I bet you do. Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Marks, and welcome to the band from Ringside Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Vaggy, aka now he knows A, your name, B, where you're from, C, your gimmick, and D, what your finisher is. And sitting to my <laughs> left, <laughs> we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? Oh, that's original. Good shit, Bo. Good shit. <laughs> oh, I was that's about two to- Reservoir Dogs in a row. row. Yeah. <laughs> I, love it. I need to walk, go back and watch that movie again. I forget how good it is. And on the note of Reservoir Dogs, please allow me to ask the congregation to bow their heads as I read from the latest edition from the Band from Ringside podcast, volume 256, chapter 3, verse 14. And the good smart saith, hashtag boo the heels. It's all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat the holy trinity of BFR, the countdown to 260. Coming up, four episodes. It'll be five years of BFR, ladies and gentlemen. Trip off that. Whoa, and out there in Portland, Oregon, we have, making his triumphant return, we have Two Beer, Zach Pullman. What's going on, Two Beer? Oh, man, uh, happy to be back. And, yeah, it, you guys are doing a good job holding it down. Uh, you know, a track season is apparently very taxing on the parents. And, uh, of course, it has to happen on Thursday. So, we're done with track. Podcast is back to being my new best friend on Thursdays. So, yeah. <laughs> We're coming at you from sweltering St. Louis, St. Charles, Missouri, oh, in the St. Louis area. It is so fucking hot here. It's <laughs> unbelievable how hot it got out of nowhere. Right. Just, I mean, it's in the 90s. And yeah. it's humid as fuck because it's been raining for a month. Like, it is terrible out here. Like, Jason and I look like we're in the middle of July. <laughs> it's no joke. No joke. It's, no, it, it's, it's so hot. It was literally like 70 earlier in the week. And then, then I looked up and it, by like Wednesday, it was like the high was supposed to be 90. I'm like, 90? Man, that's got to be a mistake. No way. Man, that shit was 90 like a motherfucker. <laughs> it's 90 today. It's, it's May 12th. Right? I'm like, what's July going to be like? We're going to melt. It's funny because uh, it's still been rainy quite a bit out here, but we had two really nice, like, 70-degree sunny days this week. Okay. okay. And I was see, like, oh, it, see, we didn't we I was didn't like, oh, it's that. so nice. And I was, like, t- talking to people who live out here, uh, you know, for longer than me. And they're like, oh, it's so nice. And, uh... They're like, yeah, uh, this is how it's supposed to be every day. Like, this year sucks. And I was like, oh, it's like, still better than back home. <laughs> but, uh, like, you ain't never lied, yeah, boy. Apparently, it's supposed to be gorgeous out here, and it's still just uh, like a uh, setting from the crow. We got like. <laughs> we got, <laughs> that was nice. I like what you did there. Uh, you know, I Murray put, or Lucha Chris put something on Twitter about he made a fake shirt for me one time that said BFR Bill and on the back it said the crow sucked. Apparently I went on a rant one time about how the crow sucked. Oh yeah. 
I didn't like the crow very much, but it got me thinking. I looked on the Wikipedia to look up the Rotten Tomatoes for the crow, expecting it to be like 37, 38%. It's right. 81. Damn. I did not know that people like I did not remember that being a critically acclaimed movie. I think it, a lot of it has to do with, you know, the death of Brandon Lee. But apparently, people did like this movie. I mean, it people is what it is. People popped for the death of Brandon Lee. Yeah, yeah they sure did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's his last movie. We gotta go see it. I remember watching Siskel and Ebert, and Gene Siskel's like, "Listen, I popped." <laughs> um, so Here's you know, that gun pop, I popped. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Let's just get going. Let's get to that three count. JCB, kick it off. Uh, let's go back to Sunday night. I believe this was in Rhode Island, of, of weird places to be uh, for a pay-per-view, or I'm sorry, a premium live event. But nonetheless, WrestleMania Backlash takes place in Rhode Island on Sunday night. The main event, obviously, being the Bloodline versus RK Bro and Drew McIntyre. Six-card uh, show. A little surprising they didn't have anything on the pre-match show. I went to uh, Tinder's to uh, watch this and the Thanks other for the invite. Not you. Not you. Not you. You know, you're a dad, right? It was uh, less than three hours. That's a, that's a nice little tight fucking I, I, I WWE pay-per-view. When uh, I was like, what time is this bad boy starting? We were trying to figure it out. I was like, it's 7 o'clock. I was like, well, it can't go past 10 o'clock. This is perfect for Bill. He'll love this. Like I said, six-match card. Um, I guess my biggest takeaway from this is uh, I guess it's Ronda Charlotte. Um, this is the match that I guess some liked, others didn't. I know my counterpart across from me is glad that this feud is over. I can't necessarily say I'm glad it's over, but they need a break from this. The build for this feud this time around just didn't work. Personally, for me, I'm sorry. I've watched enough WWE where you can't just Jedi mind trick me to not remember that Sasha tapped Charlotte out. To me, that's the whole story about being tapped out or quitting or whatever the case may be. The first match was basically about the title. This match obviously is about now quitting. I think we, we being WWE, like to make you forget about certain things to focus on the now. And I get that. The now is Ronda Rousey. My question is, from this point moving forward, with Charlotte, quote-unquote, being out with the broken arm, who's next for Ronda Rousey? On deck, I'm guessing somewhere has to be Bailey. She's been gone pretty much past the nine-month limit. I can't see. If we're going to make Ronda Rousey be this next superstar that she's going to have to be. If you're taking Charlotte off for an indefinite period of time, Ronda Rousey's going to have to carry the mail, for lack of a better term. So that means she's going to have to step up her promo game, and she's going to have to step up and ring. The only person I can think of that is a heel, Charlotte, not Charlotte, but Sasha would be the only other person I can think of that can make Ronda Rousey step up her game on the SmackDown roster. Outside of that, I'm not sure what you do with Ronda Rousey. The match itself I thought was good. It accomplished its goal. Ronda Rousey gets over and she breaks Charlotte's arm. But now, what next? Uh, Zach, what were your thoughts on the pay-per-view? Generally, very positive. Uh, It's funny because I tweeted uh, 
genuinely surprised to find out there was a WWE pay-per-view tonight because I had missed the podcast last week where we would have talked about it and it would have reminded me. And I keep up with it and stuff, but like when it came down to like me just hanging out on Sunday uh, doing the stuff we were doing, I was like, oh, shit, there's a show tonight. And I, it just hadn't even crossed my mind. So I wasn't like super enthused about it or anything. But I turned it on. Uh, the show, I think uh, part of it was the brevity, like Bill said, you know, like a three-hour show. Uh, it was pretty easy to watch. Most of it was good. Um, started out really good. Um, I was almost like, man, uh, this is the match that I wanted to see on the show, which was Cody and Seth. And I was like, I could probably just stop watching now. Uh, but <laughs> at the same time, you know, what else? What I said else the same really damn thing, too. I was like, point. they can go no place but down from here. I'm done. <laughs> Let's yeah. just leave it alone. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was totally solid, really good rematch, but uh, not as good as their WrestleMania match. Their WrestleMania match was actually kind of transcendent. It was it was pretty great. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, a couple stinkers, uh, almost, and Lashley sucked, but we knew it was going to suck. Um, you know, Madcap Moss, Happy Corbin, it was a raw match. We knew it wasn't going to be anything special. Uh, it was also kind of at a weak spot in the card, coming right after a title change. Um Edge and AJ, also maybe not as good as the WrestleMania match, and I wasn't too high on the WrestleMania match. I thought the whole um, finish was very much like uh, a, a raw angle. It was just, you know, we had, what's his name, banned from ringside, Damian Priest, but then, of course, still somehow ends up in the ring, brawling with Finn Balor. Um, but... That kind of goes along with something else uh, I wanted to point out with, um, you know, we had a title match and then we had the six-man, which the six-man absolutely ruled. Super fun match. Um, but what they did here was they either didn't continue storylines or they didn't create storylines and they didn't shoot any angles. It was just like almost a show in a vacuum. So if you were looking at the show it's just a wrestling show. Like, yeah, it was entertaining. Fun three hours on a Sunday if you got three hours to kill. And you got the Sunday scaries and you don't feel like going back to work. So you just smoke a bunch of weed and you just have a little WWE hole. Totally fine. But if you're looking at the future, like, yeah, like Jason said, what are we doing with Ronda? We don't know. Uh, we also have no idea uh, who could possibly uh, beat or contend for Roman Reigns' title because – you have this opportunity to have him be pinned in a six-man and then set up like Drew could have pinned Roman as the finish um, and then set up for stadium show in the UK. They have stadium show coming up in Vegas or whatever. But, um, yeah, overall, I think that's kind of the big story here was the lack of stories uh, except for the Ronda Rousey title win. And, you know, uh, everything else except for that and uh, the brief kind of like snippet of uh, Rhea going into the Judgment Day faction. It was just a wrestling show, which was fine. But what are you going to do now? You got your titles unified. And apparently this one guy that has the unified titles is not going to be working that much. So. <laughs> I love it. I mean... There was a couple news items, as you guys mentioned. Ronda, 
Ronda winning is the biggest news item coming out. We both called it. I'm sure Zach would have called Ronda Rousey for the same reason that we did, is that we can't imagine Ronda Rousey ever saying, I quit. It just seems impossible. Yeah. So her winning, there wasn't a whole lot of drama to me. That was certainly better than the WrestleMania match, but the WrestleMania match was garbage. So I had very low expectations. I liked the match. I came home. I was buzzed. I turned it on. That was the match that was on. Uh, Aaron was nursing the baby, so I was I watched basically the whole match, and I I might have fired off a couple tweets about how much I hate Ronda Rousey, and I I do <laughs> I I think that there's something about Ronda Rousey where maybe she doesn't want to be. It seems like um, it almost seems like getting booed bothers her more than it does the standard wrestler. Maybe she just doesn't want to be a heel. She's just a terrible baby face. Um. I don't I think she has a huge ego, and I think she takes it very personally when people boo her. Which I don't understand if you're actually a wrestling fan, like that you can't understand that. that Especially can be a, a wrestling thing. fan that apparently idolizes Rowdy Roddy, Roddy Piper, Piper. <laughs> who, who used to get booed out of every building. Like that was his whole thing was right. just getting booed. Right. So uh, Rhea Ripley showing up, we might have seen it coming, but that's one of those things where predictable is not always bad that's the right move for that faction is to have Rhea Ripley I like her as an addition to that faction I hope that we still get Finn Balor as the uh, addition to that faction and have yeah. it before people yeah. uh, I'm not saying it's going to happen <laughs> no they keep doing the, the bullet club too sweet man I'm telling you that's the kiss of death every time Cody and Seth ruled uh I echo Zach's statements that it wasn't as good as the Wrestlemania match but the Wrestlemania match was on fire. Yeah. By the way, I watched probably half of the Cody Rhodes Broken Skull session today. If you haven't seen it, it's uh, it's a it's a must watch. I haven't even gotten to the AEW parts, and just listening to him talk to Stone Cold about coming up and training and everything. And really, I think that we've said it here. I know Zach and I have talked about it privately via text or whatever on the on our on our thread, our BFR thread. I was about to say you got a thread without me. What the fuck? No, we don't. Uh, Stone Cold's a fantastic interviewer. Like he is, he is engaged with his with his interviewee, and he asks really good questions. He's really into it. He's almost kind of like Jimmy Fallon with all of the stupid laughing. You know, <laughs> he's just really fucking good at interviewing. My biggest takeaway is that this was a well wrestled pay per view. It was a quick pay per view. WWE has certainly told they've they've told us in no. They've never told us outright, but there are pay-per-views that matter, and then there are pay-per-views that they just don't really give a fuck about, that they just build up because they are, they've been in that rhythm of pay-per-view every month. And this is one of those pay-per-views. I mean, the fucking, the main event was a three-on-three match. It wasn't even a title match. It was a three-on-three match that used the biggest wrestler in the company, Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns still gets the pin. That being said... That match fucking ruled. That was a very fun, high-energy three-on-three match that I thought I did a really great job of showcasing Matt Riddle and what Matt Riddle can do. And you can tell that the company loves Matt Riddle, and I'm excited for Matt Riddle going forward. Of course, they could have had Roman take the pin, but... I wasn't even going that far. I was just thinking. Roman more, doesn't take pens. Yeah, right. Uh, I was thinking more like one of the Usos take the pen and have the baby face win. It's. I know you're not going to get Roman taking the pen 
that would have been the perfect scenario because it makes sense. You can now use that, like Two Beer said, and build upon it. I mean, even one of his two losses to Brock Lesnar, he didn't take a pin. Brock Lesnar speared him out of a cage, and Brock and Roman Reigns are no Roman Reigns speared Brock Lesnar out of a cage, and Brock Lesnar was the first one to touch the ground, which means that he won. No, that's that's a different reign, for lack of a better no, term. No, I know, but I'm just saying, Roman Reigns, it's he doesn't get pinned very often. Okay, fair enough. Okay, but I guess more so to my point is, if you're not going to do that finish, baby faces probably should have just went over them. Yes, and you did pick the faces to win. Is what it is. I picked the bloodline, therefore I win. Thank you. <laughs> I don't even know who won Happy Corbin versus Madcap Moss. I, I guess I didn't see it. Who won Madcap Moss? Mad, yes. Madcap like rolled him up. I think it's Sunset Flip actually. Nice. Uh, so the other news that's adjacent to Backlash is that apparently the night before Roman Reigns cuts a promo and he says to the crowd in Trenton, New Jersey. This might be the last time that you guys see me. I'm going to start a different stage of my career. I'm going to be starting a different stage of my career, and I, you guys might not see me, which means, which tells me he's not going to be working house shows anymore. At the minimum. And the rumor coming out of Wrestling Observer, if I read this correctly, because I don't subscribe, but I do get, I am on Wrestling Twitter, is that he's going to take 10 weeks off. Now... You can't have, or maybe you can. Shit. It doesn't seem like they can have a guy take 10 weeks off who's got the only heavyweight belts. Can they have 10 weeks of television without a single heavyweight, a men's heavyweight belt on programming? See Brock Lesnar? Yeah, but there was still another. Um, yeah, they weren't unified at the, at the time. time. You can still do it. Okay, but you see. Oh, they will. You see our point. And you see my point. Just because there was a second belt out there does not mean that Roman Reigns will not be able to take 10 weeks off and they will figure it out one way or the other. It might not be something that we want to see. It might not be something that is pleasurable to other fans. But if he's going to take 10 weeks off, guess what Roman Reigns going to do? Take 10 weeks off. Y'all figure this shit out. So there's... If he's going to do it this summer, they do not have time enough. This is what I was going to say. They do not have time enough to build up a babyface contender to have it be you know, I have it. to have it be a meaningful storyline. Who? It's Drew McIntyre. He'll okay. be first. Cody's next. But can Drew McIntyre? I was going to say actually, I feel like Cody's like the the hottest like right now. Like, and you already have that. He's been telling that story. He came back for the belt. You know. Uh, I think yeah. Longer term, I feel like. Drew would be the play uh, if if he's going to be on the pay per view. So like, there was like the original report of him, you know, not being around, and then there was um, essentially he was pulled off the advertising for all house shows and televisions and stuff. But he is going to be working a couple dates, so it will be more like the Lesnar thing. So he will be working a couple dates, so he could drop the belt um, to Drew or to Cody, um, but. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Any other thoughts about Backlash? Um, Not really. I mean, like, you guys stole my thunder on Cody and Seth. Omos, Lashley, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it felt like, and I said it, 
the night of. It, this felt like a, a Raw. It was just on Sunday. Yeah, with with good matches with meaningful endings. I mean. No, I would say that you can't say that every now and then a Raw or SmackDown will have a meaningful ending. See Bobby Lashley winning the title. So in this scenario, you just had Charlotte lose to Ronda Rousey and get her arm broke. So that's a meaningful ending. We just we can move along forward. It just felt like I said for me personally, it was a three hour show. It felt like a Raw. It went fairly quickly. You can't ask for too much more than that. Cody and Seth did what they were supposed to do as the curtain jerker, and then from there it was just kind of. All right, I'm not yeah. going to argue this point just because I don't care enough. I just disagree with you. Okay. Fine. Look, you're right. you're entitled to your opinion. Your opinion is just wrong. Let's get to that two count. One, two, three. Two beer. What's the two count? Two count. We have it being Wednesday night, and you know what that means. AEW Dynamite. And this is a good show. Not just me being an AEW fan. Uh, this is a good wrestling show. So, <laughs> this was a good show. This was a fucking really good show. Yeah. Um, we had Adam Cole versus Zach Harwood right out of the gate. Uh, super solid. Uh, really good wrestling match. Um, just told a pretty simple story, uh, but very much um, worthwhile uh, story pretty classic but you know just Dax injuring the ribs and then that being the kind of story throughout him not being able to even create much offense and these guys just really banged it out for what I don't even know upwards of 15 minutes though and uh, Martha Hart was there uh, first time I've seen her on television outside of Dark Side of the Ring and uh, yeah they they wrestled the crowd was super hot near falls there was a near count out which was super cool because Zach had his ribs hurt and then Cole knocked him off the apron and uh, Bryce Rimsburg was counting him and even leaned out of the ropes to do the nine and Dax almost didn't even make it in. And uh, they're trading, trading, you know, offense, roll-ups, all this stuff, and Dax goes to put him in the sharpshooter and the crowd's just freaking out. And uh, he can't keep it on because his ribs hurt too bad. And Adam Cole gets him in the sharpshooter and... Uh, the crowd is freaking out because that goddamn, you know, heart family moves and Adam Cole doesn't have heart family blessing and everybody knows how much um, Dax loves and respects the heart family. And, uh, yeah, just a really good finish. And, yep, I makes sense that Cole would go on. I kind of see Cole being uh, on this side of the bracket, the guy that goes in the finals. So, um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you know what I said about this dynamite before it started? Dang, it's supposed to be louder. Hold on a second. God damn it. Nah, it didn't work. See, anyway. That's what you get. That's yeah, what you that, get. that is what I that's get. That's what you get. Uh, See, <laughs> either make it a drop or don't, okay? Don't be just over here fucking around. I only have eight spots for drops. Uh, this was a tremendous show. I loved Adam Cole versus Dax Harwood. The right guy went over. I was very entertained by the match, though. Jason, what do you think? I'll piggyback on what Two Beer was saying on uh, Dax being, you know, having the, the the blessing of Owen Hart or just being an Owen Hart fan, Brett more especially. Adam Cole played on that. 
when he was in the corner getting ready to do the super kick, he does a super kick anyway because, I mean, that's just what he does. But he tuned up the band before he did that super kick. And that's where, you know, Long Island, God bless him. I don't want to call it Bizarro World, but they were one of the hottest crowds that AEW has had this tremendous in, tw- in 2022. They knew that at least – I guess we were on the same simpatico. I'm thinking, oh, man, is this some HBK type shit? Because then they started to get mad, and the next thing you know, it started to get hot again. The finish was the a kind of a surprise because I didn't think it would be a submission finish. But once again, it, I think about it. I close my eyes. I see Montreal, the screw job where now Bret Hart, or I'm sorry, uh, Adam Cole, a.k.a. Shawn Michaels, is putting the sharpshooter on Bret Hart, a.k.a. Dax Hardwood. And I'm just like, dude, what the fuck is going on? So, I mean, the callbacks were good. The match was good. I thought the callbacks made this match even better. What was next? Next we had uh, Adam Page comes out for commentary. And uh, CM Punk has a match with uh, John Silver. And CM Punk is so good. I'm going to talk about how good Adam Page is in a minute. Um but CM Punk is so good. He comes out in an Islanders jersey. So the crowd pops big for him initially. They see him in the Islanders jersey. And then he turns around, and I don't know the guy's name, but essentially he's wearing a jersey of a guy who left the Islanders after a very long stint to go to the Toronto Maple Leafs. So total heel dick move. Because CM Punk knows his role in Long Island because he is – the antithesis of MJF, and he knows he's going to get booed. Can I say something, Tobir? I'm, I'm proud What's of up? you that you know that. That was that was very well done. I would not think that you would know who Tavares was. Tobir? Yeah, oh, he's, I, he's a I, 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 I do like hockey, but I didn't know that um, I read about it. So Okay. Just yeah. let him believe yeah. it, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I do, I do enjoy hockey. Um, I'm kind of bummed we don't have a team out here. I got to go all the way up to Seattle if I want to see some NHL. So, oh, sounds horrible. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean, these these guys like have a fun match. Like you know, no, um, nobody's thinking that John Silver's actually going to win this. But John Silver does a great job of kind of you know getting the crowd hot, Johnny Hungy, and uh, they were behind him. But, uh, you know, essentially, uh, Punk uses the buckshot lariat, and Adam, Col- or Adam Page is pissed. He's pissed. Um, <laughs> he storms was. up to the ring. He's so mad. And he's like, My name is Willie. And- Willie Beeman. <laughs> Steaming Willie Beeman. I was like, God damn, no, he did not. I just have to uh, really congratulate Adam Page uh, again on being awesome here because. His like nonverbal facial expressions and just his kind of the way he carries himself tells like he's like the best storyteller for like AEW roster, like active AEW roster because Kenny's not in there. And he does such a great job of conveying emotion uh, through his facial expressions, which is like absolutely prerequisite of a, of a great baby face. But he does it in the sense of all the story that we had with Adam Page of his anxiety, his depression, his uh, idea of not necessarily uh, being good enough, uh, all the way up until him, you know, getting the title from Omega and proving to himself and proving to the world that he is good enough and that he can 
pull this off. And then with his contenders, uh, after the fact, he has just gone through and beaten the best people in the entire world. You know, he beat Danielson. Um, he's beaten monsters like Archer. And he's going through, and he is solidifying himself as the best in the world to be doing this. And then along comes CM Punk. And CM Punk is maybe the only guy in the company that can give bigger cheers than Adam Page. And you can tell that this bothers Hangman Adam Page, the character. And I think it's great because I feel like it's obviously probably channeling some neuroses that he has on a personal level because how could he not feel threatened as just a human being? Um, and also not feel a little bit pissed that you're this young up-and-comer and this is your time and this old-timer comes in after seven years and he's getting bigger cheers than you because of who he was. And uh, I think Paige did a great job, and they're doing a great job with the story because last week, Punk wasn't there. Paige has no problem coming out and talking shit. This week, what's he do? He gets so worked up whenever Punk, uh, you know, tells him that he's the champ. He just flips him off and just sticks his middle finger in his face and, like, walks away. And I don't know. I don't know if I'm just reading too much into it or just, like, being overly analytical, but I love this story, and I'm very interested to see what happens to Double or Nothing. Well, shit, I didn't even think of it that deep, but damn, you made me, <laughs> I'm sitting over here like, shit, yeah, maybe it does. Adam Page does have a little bit of a problem with uh, Punk coming out, and obviously you have a huge problem with it, and I agree with what Tubier said about the facial expressions. When the match was going on, you could see Adam Page just, you know, focusing on the match. When the finish happened, you could just see, like, a quick happen. It was like, no, this motherfucker did not. And he, he just took off the headset and marched down to the ring. And that's when I was – and I said it on Twitter. I was like, last week we we saw a heelish, quote-unquote, Adam Page. I wanted to see if that was the way it was going to continue this week. It was now, like, they flipped it to where now – Page or not sorry, but uh Punk was the heel to Long Island with the uh the Islanders jersey and then with the match with John Silver then post match when he did uh he kinda called Adam Page out and was just basically like, Look, I know I'm gonna be the champ. Can you you know, can you look at yourself at the same way? It's an interesting way that Two Beer brought things up where it's I wanna see if they go back to Page being insecure again because that might, you know, turn him to towards the dark side, aka being a heel for this match at double or nothing. Or being a drunk. Like, what if if straight edge CM Punk Punk sends him back back into drinking? That would be a story. Right. So, I mean, there's, there's, opportunity to tell a bigger story if you wanted to, or you can just tell it straight out. This is about the AEW championship. It's, it's kind of big enough now where you have two big enough names where if you just want to roll the ball out and let them play, I think you can do that. But there's an opportunity to tell a bigger story if you want to. That's what I was th- I was thinking, man. That would be cool because I-, I think that CM Punk's going to win, and I think that CM Punk should win, and I think that Adam Page has solidified himself. It's Adam Page has had a good run, if, if not an, an above-average run, as the AEW champion. I think that if... Straight edge CM Punk sends Adam Page into a spiral where he starts drinking again because he hasn't been drinking ever since he befriended the Dark Order. I think after, that, after that, the would, loss. that would be an, that would be an edgy story. That would be a compelling story. That would be he something would lose that we, and then he would go he would go to the bottle. Yes. Okay. I think that that would be a good story. Um, 
I love this story. I love Page versus Punk. I like that they're. I love the fact that I don't know who's going to win. I I like that they're both mad enough at each other. They've created a story this far. Punk's promo this week was A plus stuff. Just really good stuff. And I like that they seem so different. And I like that they're both being kind of heelish. Now, obviously, it was exacerbated this week because Punk was clearly playing the heel to the Long Island crowd, which is great. I mean, that's what pro wrestling should be. Fuck you. No, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's compelling wrestling. That's good. I think before we get away from this, we cannot undersell uh, how good Tyrion Lannister looked against CM Punk. I'm sorry. John Silver mm-hmm. looked against CM Punk. Mm-hmm. They, they, they oh, looked... <laughs> nah, dog. Hang on, hang on. Let me get. Hang on, hang on. Michael Wallace, this is for you. Let me get this shit right. <clears throat> you ain't shit. I've had that one in my back pocket since last night, man. I bet you did. <laughs> a little sawed off, motherfucker. Dude, no, come on, I, man. I, I, I mean, I think he's no, cool. I John think he, Silver can go. Yes, it's he just, can. Of course, he can go. You, you can't realistically see him being. Even the no, t- can you see him being the t- the TNT champion? No, no. Nah. There, there you go. No, he he does his job great. He, it, it was probably a thrill for him to be in there and have a good match against Sam Punk, Punk in, in, in in his hometown without yeah, question. I'm not, without question. I'm I'm just teasing him a little bit Come for on, being man. short. I used you're to call I used to call undisputed air the lollipop deal, man. man. You're it's just than funny that too. to me. You bigger than that too. Come on, it's now. probably it's probably some stuff that's inside of me because my wife calls me short because I say I'm six foot. She's like, you're actually five eleven to three four. She's like, you she can't give yourself you six foot. <laughs> she calls your ass out. So I'm lashing out. Yeah, pretty much. Go ahead, Two Beer. What's next? Uh, John Silver is a meme template. Actually, it's pretty funny. Uh, there's a picture of him like explaining something to Sarah J. Or to Sarah J. Who's a porn star? No, Anna J. <laughs> 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 Anna J. He's heating up. <laughs> I'm dead. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so you, you can find it online. It's almost like the guy who's got his arm around that girl in the baseball game, um, but less creepy. It's really funny. So, congrats on the meme template, but. Uh, uh, yeah, so then we had a quick little behind-the-scenes uh, interview with uh, Jamie Hayter. Essentially, they're kind of playing up like, hey, what happens uh, if you guys have to face each other in the Owen Hart tournament? And uh, we found out that that's not going to happen. Spoiler alert. But um, then we had Danhausen versus Tony Nese. So, what's going on? Uh, Danhausen gets an entrance. Tony Nese does not. Uh, Tony Nese. Uh, squashes Tannhausen in less than 30 seconds. <laughs> and Smart Mark Sterling brings up the fact that Tannhausen got an entrance and Tony Neese did not, even though he just absolutely destroyed him. So he keeps destroying him. And then we get Hook's music come out and Hook, you know, clears the ring. And uh, then we get Tannhausen offering a handshake and Hook accepts. So we officially have Hookhausen. <laughs> I'll go first. I'm gonna let him mow on this. 
for what? Okay, I don't have like a funny look on my face. It's I'm just, just <laughs> I'm just thinking about it. <laughs> I know that's what the. But funny when, you, part. when you laugh like that, it makes it you make it seem you make it seem to Zach who isn't in the same room with okay. us that I'm laughing at him or something. No, it's, I'm not no. laughing at him. I don't think you're I'm laughing not, at. I'm him. not laughing at anybody. I'm just I'm just thinking about it. Okay, and as of previous conversations from weeks before, you were asking. What's the appeal with Hook? I don't get it. I don't get it. Both, so of, I, them, both of them. Okay, so that's what I was getting ready to say. This seems like to me the ultimate, you know, worst case scenario for Bill Vakey on AEW Dynamite. For me personally, I could, if this is WWE. It's opposites attract. I get it. I don't necessarily think this is for me personally. But I get it. You have Dan Housen, who is hot with fans. You have Hook with hot with fans. And neither one of them are going to do anything anytime soon. So why not do something together? Knock yourself out. For me, I don't necessarily, like I said, it's not going to be for me. I love the fact that Tony D squashed Dan Housen. Don't even give him no hope. Just come out there, womp that ass. Perfect. Check. From that point on, I could care less what happened. There is. But they're going to make a lot of money on these, these Hook Clowns shirts, I'll tell you that much. There is. Nothing that tickled me more watching this version of AEW than having Tony Nese squash Dan Hassan. Thank you. Like, that is... I that, laughed my that, ass they, off. They really like, and I don't want to get too heady about this, but they really did flip the the whole trope of the jobber not getting the entrance, but the other guy getting the entrance on its head. And they really... Uh, they, what's the word I'm looking for? They didn't circumvent, but they basically circumvented that... Subverted expectation. Subverted. Thank you very much. They subverted the expectation by having the guy who didn't get the entrance squash the guy that, that did. <laughs> Loved it. Yeah, that's I was like, that's what you get. You know, Hook walking down there like fucking trench coat mafia. Like I, I, I still don't get it. I know, I know that the guy is strong. I really do. I get that the guy is strong, and I get that the guy has actual MMA chops. That all, I get all that. I don't think it's strong. It's his technique. Uh, he he did something on a rampage one time where I was like, "Fuck, he is strong." He lifted somebody where I was, I, whatever. Either way, Man. this is a fine undercard story. Perfect, it, it, it is. Knock yourself out. Uh, it's it's not necessarily why I watch, and and you know once once it kind of wears out its welcome, once it has a couple weeks of going and it's there for the live crowd, I will probably fast forward through it. Probably. Well, but this I was this Jason, was a this was a fine segment though. It was no, fine. It was fine. It I sets up a double. Head. Head. They're gonna they're gonna sell a lot of hook t-shirts. Oh, without question. And I think this that's is the play. I think that's more of the bigger issue than anything else. It has nothing to do with them winning the I titles. Mean, the same way. The same way that you know, like off topic, but Alexa Bliss comes back on Raw this week. It's total normal Alexa Bliss, but she still got, got the doll. The doll. But it's because they're selling dolls. Yeah. So she's going to keep the doll, yep. you know. No, so, bitch, you can be the goddess, but you keep it lily. So <laughs> let's, let's to use a Jason phrase, let's not get twisted. Both companies are just trying to get people over and trying to sell merch. Amen. So good get, for, good get for them. Get your money. I, I do like to, in my head, imagine, like, uh, Dan Housen and Hook uh, being, like, kindergarten friends. And, like, uh, they ended up having to, like, move to different, like, states and, like, fifth grade and like one got really goth and the other one just went out and like ate Adderall and fucked bitches like and that was like now they've come together um, later in life and and realize they still have 
whatever it is in yeah. common. <laughs> it's like it never went away. It's like when you see your old yeah. friend and you're like, you just you just snap right back into where you guys were last time you saw each other. I really like that too, Zach. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Uh, but, and I saw a fan video uh, God, after the commercial had gone and uh, whenever Hookhausen left the ring and walked up the ramp, Hook walked towards the heel entrance exit and uh, Dan Housen was like, No, no, he's like you can you can come over here now and he took him through, they went through the baby face. Um so that was that's pretty funny. So I love yeah. that they have the heel and, and the face entrances because you can kind of play on stories that way. Um another thing that I did see online is uh I guess this was after Dynamite went off the air hook uh choked out CM Punk. And CM Punk sold yep. until the arena left. So right. CM, they put I, the video I saw had it in fast motion, and CM Punk laid there. While, Stop playing. No, I'm serious. While everybody left the arena, and then, and then right. they, should we go? Is they, he okay? They stretch, and then they stretchered him out when nice. there was like 150 people left. That's what I saw. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, man, that's dedication. Like, man. CM Punk just laid, laid there. there. That's And, like, great. two refs were, like, talking to him the whole time. So who knows what they were talking about? Probably, like, Ozark or something. But, like, <laughs> and he just waited, he waited until the place emptied out. Pretty funny. Good shit, CM Punk. Right yep. on. Yep. All right, Tubier, what's next? Um, uh, we had Wardlow being escorted down to the ring. And then we get, uh, for me, the highlight of the show is uh, a mocked-up Dark Side of the Ring video package. And uh, if you've ever seen Dark Side of the Ring, uh, Chris Jericho narrates them like, uh, like shoot, like uh, he really does it. And so he starts narrating this thing, and he's like, like, oh, no way I'm doing this for MJF. And he's like, with our history, he's like, oh, wait, like, how much is he paying? He's like, all right. And then he just goes on and does it. And, uh, Amazing. So... It's just all about, like, one loads a piece of shit, and, uh, dude, they got Taz, like, selling it, like, he's just gonna throw up, thinking about, like, how terrible of a person Wardlow is, and yeah, and, ta- so and the, t- the title under, ta- first of all, the title under Jake the Snake Roberts said, the snake guy, it said Jake Roberts the snake guy, <laughs> and the title under Taz said, MJF's consigliere. Dude, I was like, man, this shit is Pretty too good much. Stuff, it's man. too much. Oh, it's just perfect. Uh, but then MGF makes a total babyface entrance, just leans into the crowd, um, just wearing an Islanders jersey that says MJF. And I just love it so much uh, because he called his shot a while back and he said he was going to be like, you know, Brett in Toronto or, or in Calgary or whatever. And. Um, like Piper in Portland, and he 100% is. Like, in Long Island, he is the ultimate baby face. He can do no wrong. They're wearing the goddamn scarves. It's so fun just for one random night, like when he's in New York for this to happen. Like, it is something that is almost indescribable. I mean, I can use the word, but if you're not a wrestling fan or if you're unfamiliar with wrestling, like, just imagine having to like describe this segment to someone who doesn't watch wrestling. Uh, you'd sound like a crazy person. Man, you have like it's like you jumped into my head when I was watching this and stole every thought. I was think <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking how, and I've said 
before several times that my the reason I love wrestling is that it's so fucking weird. And when I say weird, that might sound like it's a pejorative, but really what I mean is unique. Like there is really nothing like it. And MJF in Long Island is unmissable TV. It is unmissable. Like you have to watch it to believe it. But not only that, but you have to you have to watch like the last several years of television to know what MJF is everywhere else, and then to see him, it's like you're it's like you you know you got taken up by a twister and you landed in Oz for a day. It was really <laughs> and, and the segment also just perfectly executed, absolutely perfectly executed from Wardlow acting like he couldn't sign with the handcuffs on. And MJF letting him take it off, and Sean Spears giving a look, and he goes, hey, this is my town, Sean Spears. Oh, and not only the the 10 lashes thing where he counts up to nine, and then he goes, Sean Spears, and Sean Spears is the 10. <laughs> I did not see that coming while he was counting up at Come all. Come on. You didn't no, see I, that coming? Not while he was counting up, and then he goes, Sean Spears, and I was like, ah, damn. Come on. Come no, on. It was. I mean. I watched it this morning. I was watching that in slow motion when he was getting when he got to six or seven. I'm like, oh, Sean Spears, did not, nice. I, you're smarter than me. No, I'm not saying that. But Wardlow acting like he can't get off the handcuffs, and the crowd just knowing what's coming when they take the handcuffs off, and then Wardlow acting like he's gonna put the handcuffs back on, and right before the handcuffs go on, and Jeff goes, "That's why I thought Wardlow, you're such a coward." He goes, "Boom!" He just smashes that guy. <laughs> It was just perfectly executed. And even the way that MJF calls Long Island the greatest place in the world <laughs> is just oh, man. perfect perfect wrestling television. Jason, let me guess you hated it. No, I didn't. I, I'm not going to say I hate it. I, I can't. I mean, come on. I mean, it would, it's like my, one of my favorite wrestling matches of all time is Hulk Hogan versus The Rock. At WrestleMania, it was in Toronto, and Hogan came in as NWO Hollywood Hogan. Rock is, you know, Rock at this point, he's a big time babyface, huge babyface. And then Toronto turned on him. And I'm watching this match, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? They're cheering for Hulk Hogan. And they ran with it and let it play itself out. It was one of the best matches I think. I'll put that. It's not the best match of WrestleMania. There's way too many, but it's one of my favorites. They flipped. Right. In front of your very eyes. Right. Rock decided to flip. And it was perfect. I want to know who called that match. There's so much talk in that Cody Broken Skull session about who calls the match, you know? Right. And that's something that I never really think of as a non-wrestler. I was thinking of it a lot today while I was watching that, and I was looking on wrestling Twitter, and I was just thinking about all these fucking marks that were coming down about this fucking Darby Allen shit with in front of Owen Hart's widow. And I was like, you guys don't know anything about wrestling. Like, you watch somebody like Cody Rhodes talk to Steve Austin, and I'm like, you guys just don't know anything about wrestling when you listen to these two experts talk about it. And I don't try to pretend that I know what wrestling, what goes on. But I will say that I do want to know who called that match? I want to know the oral history of that match Somehow from that those guy two called guys. on the fly because I, I just can't see. Maybe not too much oral history. Like, hopefully Hogan didn't use any <laughs> choice words. words. Like, what you say? <laughs> oh, yeah. Let me get this belt off and whoop your ass. All right. Reversal into a leg drop. Don't date my daughter. <laughs> 
MJF plays to the crowd. It's perfect. Wardlow, I was waiting to see the one thing I didn't see, at least maybe I've turned it on to basketball and I didn't see Wardlow come out. I wanted to see if Long Island booed him on the way out. They did. Okay, perfect. And the screen behind him said, boo Wardlow. <laughs> yeah. I know, Zach didn't Zach didn't hear us talk last week, and I think this is when I said it. I think. Sorry if I'm repeating this to But I was like, inadvertently, Wardlow coming out in handcuffs with no music has turned into one of the best entrances in wrestling. Outside yeah. of Long Island, they'll chant his name. Yeah, it's fucking <laughs> awesome though. It, it looks badass. Island, it was like bizarro world. That's the word I'm coming up with it for that segment. It was straight up bizarro world. No matter what MJF did, and I'm like, what Come on now, Long Island. The, the the dark side of the ring portion of it was perfect, absolutely perfect. Because you had, if you watch Dark Side of the Ring, you know Jericho narrates that shit. And then he stopped, like you said, Two Beard. He stopped. He was like, "What the fuck? How am I going to do this?" It was so fucking good. The only thing, the only thing I have a problem with is the lashes. It feels like Cody Rhodes. If you want, to, it feels like they're playing into that. I don't think you need to do it. But they're going to do it. It's going to be fine. I'm not worried about that. Ultimately, this motherfucker was a home run. My only yeah, problem so with that is that you have the last If MJF gets to cut a promo, I'll watch the segment. Well, you know yeah, what I mean? But like, then Wargo played his part, I too. I hate liking him had, so much. He had to be. He's better than me, and I know it. He had to. Wargo had to take the Long Island whipping for one night, and he did it. And that's more so. I think I look at Wardlow more differently because any other place in the world, like I said, he would be the baby face. He took the heel shit and just played off of it. Even when he was going after the MJF, you know, MJF's trying to get out the ring. The crowd was still kind of like, you know, fuck all that, man. Get out the ring. Get out the ring. Wardlow played his part well. MJF is incredible. I'll say this much. If 2024 is going to be the year of MJF's contract expiring. That was another tremendous part where he brought up Cody Rhodes. Are they allowed to say Cody Rhodes if they don't call, if Cody Rhodes is not on the television? Because they were never allowed to call him Cody Rhodes, Rhodes. on AEW. Yeah, it was it was just Cody. So that's the first time that the, the, the words Cody Rhodes have ever been said on AEW television I think I'm, I'm, they always said Cody and Brandy Rhodes. Which I don't is, even think they said their last name. No, I they think, said Brandy Rhodes. Okay, they did. I, I I'm just, pretty sure they said his name before, but uh, at the same time, I think it was like his for, choice. Okay, I guess I'll I'll say this, and I'll I'll let you guys go on for this segment. For when he's talking about 2024 and TK saying I ain't supposed to talk about it, and we ain't talking about Cody Rhodes, and it was so MJF, and that's why I keep saying truck in 2024. I don't think MJF can go over to WWE and have those promos. He can have that limited work schedule. Yeah, I also don't think he's gonna leave. I think that he's smart enough to know that he's going to have both. Brings trucks back up and have Tony Khan bring yeah, up. Yeah, but money. I think I think more than anything, it's just a good way to draw heat. He can draw, draw heat, heat and, and uh, to cash a big paycheck. Uh, he can draw heat just waking up. Okay, cashing the big paycheck, I think, is more so of the deal. All uh, right, so yeah. Essentially, we get ten, ten lashes, a cage match with Sean Spears with MJF as the special referee, and uh, 
Yeah, that will be interesting television. Oh, I also want to say I love that MJF was like, uh, Wardlow, I have to break it down. You're kind of the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it was like MJF night in that motherfucker. It was so ridiculously funny. I cannot help but laugh. He is. I don't care how much he wrestles. I don't care. He's one of the best heels in wrestling, period. What was next, Zach? Totally. Video uh, package for Samoa Joe J. Lethal. So that'll be happening uh, sometime coming up. I don't know. Pay-per-view, maybe not. Pay-per-view is getting stacked. We'll see. No, no. Next week in the uh, Owen tournament, it's Samoa Joe versus the, the Joker. Joker. Who's and, the Joker? Who do you the, think the Joker the is? Joker, well, that's why I was going to ask. So Sanjay Dutt and Lethal and Singh were making it sound like the Joker was somebody that they knew that somebody was going to join their faction, right? I mean, they were making it sound like they knew who the Joker was, right? Oh, yeah. I forgot. Uh, I forgot all about that. That's interesting. Um, yeah, the Joker... I'm wondering if it's a new person or it could just be an existing person. Right. I haven't really put a whole lot of thought into it. I was like, There's two names off the jump. Who? Johnny Gargano, no, number one, or um, Cesaro, a.k.a. Um, what, I forgot about Cesaro. I'm not even going to try his name in ROH. Claudio Castignoli. Okay, so. I think it's his real name. Right? Yeah. Okay, shit, there you go. Um, I almost want to lean towards the latter just because Cesaro has ROH ties. Johnny Gargano versus Samoa Joe doesn't sound like a bad match. That's a throwback or a callback to NXT. So, I mean, either way, if it's one or the other, I wouldn't have a problem with it. I guess the next question is, you know, is the Joker going to be signed? Well, I can't see either one of those guys joining that faction. I mean, there's also Bray Wyatt. Now. Yeah, I don't think that's it. I mean, I can't see any of those guys joining that faction. I mean, could it be an ROH guy? Could it be, uh, uh, what's his face? What the, I can't remember his fucking name. Bandito? No. I mean, could it be Jonathan Gresham? Hell no. Oh, hell no. No, no. You're saving that. If I'm not mistaken, he's Gresham is hurt, number one, and number two, Gresham cut a whole promo on uh, Supercard of Honor talking about Jay Lethal's not ready for the title shot because he wrestles with no honor. If he was going to do that. Sounds like a swerve. Okay. When on Impact with Honor No More, I called, I was saying that Jonathan Gresham was going to go to Honor No More because he got jumped by, you know. Juice Robinson basically acted like he was retiring and swerved everybody and came out as a member of the Bullet Club. Okay. I get what you're going with it. I'm just saying I'm going to play the connect the dots game for a little bit. Jonathan Gresham's off of my list of suspects. All right. What was next? I had a match with uh, Jungle Boy and Ricky Stark. A ton of crowd heat, but it was well wrestled. And, um, you know, we had some uh, fuckery with uh, Shane Strickland coming out. And What's uh, a fuckery, that though? That causes... Well, I'm just saying, like, the finish was 
Yeah, he he inadvertently. Okay, that's what I was going to say. Distracted the fuckery for me is like if you're on the same team and I distract. If Keith uh, Keith Lee was in that match and Swerve distracted the ref, that to me is fuckery. Swerve came out to say, "Hey, shit's going on." The referee turns and looks, and the next thing you know, you have a pin in the ring that doesn't matter anymore because. The referee's not paying attention. I love your the specificity involved in your definition of fuckery. Mine's just whenever anything happens that is outside of the uh, you know the traditional wrestling match. So, no, um, which is totally yeah, fair. It does uh, you know cause some distraction from the ref. You know that kind of like classic infuriating distraction where the baby face is telling the ref to look at the bad thing that's happening and the ref is like I'm Jungle not Boy doing that, you're the one that keeps <laughs> right? Jungle Boy has uh, gives Ricky Stark's pin for a 10 count and he's like what the fuck what do you think like I just would love like to be in those situations because I just wonder what they're actually saying to each other sometimes and it's like <laughs> I just imagine the ref being like I'm going to keep looking at you and keep talking and you okay, walk just, away. Like, yeah, I was about to say, you need to walk away in about 30 seconds yeah I was about to say Ricky Starks is, is still pinned <laughs> don't worry about it you got like a 5-6 count you hear the crowd right you're good you're good don't worry about it okay now go now go <laughs> That's what I imagine what that conversation is like. The only thing that I would say about I did like this match. The finish after um, the pin is you know done or whatever, you see um, Luchasaurus and Christian come out. Christian gives a little you know bump to Swerve. Was like, okay, motherfucker, you cost us this match. And then after it all cleared, Christian came up to Jungle Boy. And this is where I think we planted some seeds for the Christian heel turn that we all been talking about for like, it feels like the last year. Sooner or later, Christian is going to get to the point where it's like, you know, I can't keep consoling you after an L. It, there was definitely foreshadowing there. No for doubt. Sure. Yeah. For oh, yeah. sure. For sure. Because yeah. you, you saw like Christian, you know, like raise his arm up real high and, you know, Pat Jungle Boy in the back and was like, it's okay, buddy. It was well done. I thought I thought we were seeing I the turn right I there. Thought, I saw the same he, thing. He waited to see until Luchasaurus was turned the other way, and he right. was like, all right, here I come. <laughs> you okay, buddy? And he patted him on his back and hugged him, and I was like, okay. Well done. Make me wake. Make me, make me wake. You see where that angle, that camera angle is? When they actually do it, it will be that same camera angle. It will be pretty similar to it. Another Jungle Boy loss, probably a title loss, or maybe the you know the the rematch to try to get the titles back, and that's where you see Christian Cage turn on Jungle Boy, and Jungle Boy is on the singles route. Yeah, uh, I love the foreshadowing. Like sometimes, I think I think most of the time they do a great job of telling long stories and striking when the iron's hot. Um, except in the case of Julia Hart. <laughs> Because I didn't get a chance to talk about that <laughs> last week. Go ahead, talk that about it. Should happen last. That just should have just happened last week. Um, and then this week, like nothing happened with it. So like now it's like, you know, everybody was so ready uh, to see her use that chair last week, and now nothing's happened this week at all. I don't know, maybe something. Do they have Friday. a double or nothing match announced yet? That, I guess that's my next question. I didn't think so. Okay, so I don't think so. Yeah, yeah they should have just have her swing that chair. At the very least, they should just announce a double or nothing match and have either the tag team or a, like you said, a, a, a six man tag with Julia Hart in the varsity blinds and fill in the blanks corner. 
have Julia Hart flip at that point. I agree with you last week. Oh, I agree with you. I thought it should have happened last week. I thought it was really going to happen last week, and then for whatever reason, you know, Julia Hart gains a conscience and shit. How you gain a conscience, bitch? Just hit this motherfucker. Come on. <laughs> All right, so uh, we had Jericho Appreciation Society um, coming in for, um, I don't know, like, what this was even. It was like uh, a celebration of something. Like, oh, I think it was a celebration because of... Um, them just kicking ass. And yeah, kicking basically. <laughs> we celebrate. But, um, why? Because we can. Man, I don't know. I, I kind of want to hear what Bill has to say about Matt Menard's uh, speech. He's like, you don't know what turns me on. You don't know what makes daddy magic nipple hard. <laughs> I think I, fi- I was about to say, I think that promo finally for me, I can start to tell the two guys apart. Angelo was the guy that started the whole promo, and then Matt was the guy who was just like, you know what I make my nipple? No, I don't want to know what you make. No, I think I finally got it. <laughs> I can start to tell these two jokers apart. Go ahead, Bill. I mean, like, I, what do you want me to say? I told you I hated that guy. Uh, I hate the guy. I, 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 I You know what? <laughs> You know what bothers me the most about that guy is that he does this voice that I've heard guys do, and it's just a voice that a non-funny person does to make themselves sound funny. It's like it's like when somebody like you know, it's like in the late '90s when like guys were still talking like Austin Powers or not Austin Powers, uh, like Ace Ventura. It's like he's just doing this voice. That non-funny people do, that non-clever people do, and they think it's funny. It might make their friends laugh. It might make their fucking sister laugh or something. It's not. It doesn't make me laugh. It's so fucking obnoxious. It's go away heat. Like I don't even hate him. I don't even want to see his ass get beat. I just want to see him go away, and I don't want anybody to lose their job. I just want him to lose his job. Wow. I'm wow. just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm, wow. kidding. I'm kidding. I'm sure he's fine. I'll say this. Actually, I, I kind of I take it differently. I I see him as being self aware and like very like doing like I feel like that whole bit is like ironic as hell. Like I don't think he's sincere a single moment that he's on camera. I imagine in my head my head canon is that he's like just this amazingly chill dude uh, in real life and that he just has this very wacky character. I could be wrong. I have no idea who he is in real life. Yeah, I, or you could be right, and I could just be the the sourpuss misanthrope that doesn't like it, but I really don't like it. I really, <laughs> really, it's, really it's don't heat. like it's, it. It's the heat. I get it. Every everybody else in that faction, I'm pretty down with. In fact, I thought that Jake Hager's outfit this week was fucking unbelievable, man. I'm like, okay, <laughs> he was wearing boat shoes, man. <laughs> he was not. <laughs> like, I know you guys I dressed died. up for this occasion. I ain't dressed up for shit. Yeah, I've been a swagger mark from long way back. Though. I mean to tell you, uh, this was not my favorite segment, though. I thought that the I thought bringing really? out, yeah, I thought that bringing out, uh, you know, I love Blackpool Combat Club. We and, you've and, been calling it. You called it last I week. I did want them to do something more meaningful and. You called it. I last just week. thought that you the, said this was the, the but, opportunity to get them over, not over, but to have them do something more meaningful. Here's my problem with it, though. My problem with it is that it seemed like the the segment was designed to get to the point where Eddie Kingston came back. You know, so you hear John Moxley's music, you hear Brian Danielson's music, 
all well and good. Wheeler Yuta comes out. Regal comes out. All well and good. And then you have LAX and Kingston staying behind him. Kingston's music never played. And it seemed like the crowd had wasted their pops on Danielson and, and Moxley instead of getting that pop for Kingston. Now, that's not... That's certainly none of the performers' fault. I just think it was it was kind of a convoluted way to get to Kingston coming in there and beating up Jericho. And then the Jericho Appreciation Society, they retreated. Like, it was basically, what, 30 seconds of action? Maybe something like that. That's my only problem with it. And that's, a, that's really nitpicky. Did I pop when Moxley's music played? I was like, oh, fuck yeah, here we go. Now I want to I see this. And then... And also, when Wheeler Yuta goes to fight in the best battle of the Super Juniors next week, or he's probably, on, he's probably already there right say, now. Yeah, I'd say he needs to be flying over. That will even up the odds, and having that five-on-five five match. Regal is the fifth guy. No, LAX, Kingston, no, yeah. Danielson, okay, and Moxley. Yeah, sorry. And then you have five-on-five. Five, but, but those guys should fucking smoke should fucking smoke the Jericho Appreciation Society. They better. It should be a oh, two-minute yeah. thing. They better. I did like seeing no, Regal throw a punch. Blood and guts. Blood and guts, yeah. I, I have thought about that, and I'm not sure. If they... Cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm down with that. Okay. That's okay. cool. Okay, then here's the wrong question. If you, Obviously, you all want to see that. Is that going to be on double or nothing? Yes. I say, no, dude, come on, man. No. You're already talking about this. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Two Beer. You're already saying that three hours is your max. You know double or nothing is no, going to be Three full. hours is my WWE shitty pay-per-view in the middle of the fucking year max. That's not my, Now, you ready to go four hours? I can, go, I, can, I can go four hours. The last AEW one was four hours and 55 minutes or something. That's way too long. If we put blood and guts on this double or nothing pay per view, we're we're going towards that four fifty five mark you're talking about. You know think, that, right? I think it's tough to keep Jericho, Moxley, and Danielson off of a paid a a pay per okay. view. Okay. I mean, okay. So they might do just a five. I want you. I want hear you crying. Lead, they might just lead into blood and guts then, because uh, blood and guts is too long for this stacked pay-per-view uh, but they might just do a five man and then keep it short do some bullshit and then did i miss something how is the pay-per-view dynamite? stacked already like how many matches oh, have they announced I mean, just think about the matches that are being built um, for sure you have both women's and men's uh title matches on deck there's already they're already announced you know what that's going to be you know you got MJF and, and oh I'm sorry not MJF and Warlow but Warlow versus Sean Spears whipping blah blah blah. Um, there's going to have to parties and young bucks. There's going to have to. I was going to say that a title match has to happen at some point tag team wise. You know, Lucha I think it'll be a three way. Okay, they kind of teased thinking. it a little bit. If you wanted to go that far with um, Swerve and Keith Lee, you had. Um, Shit. I can't even think of the other two teams, but you had a a triple threat right there. Jurassic Express and uh, Ricky Starks and uh, Powerhouse Hobbs. Okay, yeah. so that's your triple threat if you wanted to do that. 
on a sample. So the black, so the so all the black guys have to be in a triple threat with a wait, dinosaur wait. and a guy named Boy, huh? <laughs> <laughs> another joke for another time. Um, no, that's a joke for right now. <laughs> Hardy's Young and Bucks. His first name is Jungle. <laughs> <laughs> You ain't shit. <laughs> Hardy's uh, Bucks. Owen, men's winner. Owen, women's winner. Right, you're right. You're right. You're right. So, I mean, okay, at a certain right. point, yeah. you, you're going to have to make a decision. Are we going to put this match on? Because if you do it, it's got to be at least okay. 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It, it, that seems crazy to me that this is what they're going towards. But you're right. Can't argue with it. Okay, if you're going to... I said you're right. Okay. It's like, talking to, it's like talking to my wife. It's like, I said you're right. Like, stop fucking telling me why you're right. I want to stop talking to to about bed. it. I'm just trying to go to bed. <laughs> I'm trying to watch the fucking Grizzlies game. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> fuck you. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, two beer. I love you. I'm sorry. In the right. fourth quarter. Like, if it was third quarter, like, I'd give you 15 minutes. There's but only... Yeah, well, I know. I know the last six minutes of an NBA game can last forty-five minutes. It's like, oh god, <laughs> I don't want to watch all forty-five women shut the fuck up. Like, and I know this conversation's been happening for seven years. Oh, <laughs> anyway. I remember my mom used to yell at my dad. My dad used to go, "Janine, there's only three minutes left." And mom used to go, I know how long the three minutes in the end of a basketball game can go. They just foul and foul and foul. And dad's like, oh, fuck, she got me there. <laughs> <laughs> Bring Shaq to the line. Fuck that. We going to have him shooting 62%. <laughs> anyway, what was next? Uh, all right. Uh, we had um, Bill's favorite match of the night, uh, Jamie Hader versus Tony Storm. And we all know why we wanted to see this so bad. Um <laughs> And this is it delivered. Special. It delivered in a variety of ways, and uh, it was a good match. But both women looked really good. And, I mean, like from a technical wrestling standpoint, I'm trying to like <laughs> say things without saying things here. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, Tony Storm wins, moves on, and so we don't have the 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 thing happening where uh, Britt might face uh, Hater, but. I do think it's funny that they wasted no time in giving us this match. They just they knew we wanted it, and as Excalibur says, you got to give the people what they want. Oh, damn that, man! I want to see this happen later, man. Fuck! I'll say this: How did WWE? How did WWE fuck up on Tony Storm? Just Hello, unbelievable. Hello, what? They do it all the time. I know, but like she is such a sure thing. Here's my she question. I was sure I was thing. thinking about this today on the way over here, and I was such a sure NXT thing. NXT came into my head. Where's Io Shirai? I don't yeah, know. No okay, kind of my point. If but, you fuck, okay. how you fuck up Io Shirai? It should be another question. There are so many people that are coming. Come on. Bill, don't you can roll your eyes all you don't want make, to. Don't roll your eyes all you want don't make, to. Don't make me say what I have to say. Say it. There is lots of precedent for wrestling promoters and Vince McMahon owned promotions specifically fucking up 
wrestlers, women wrestlers, that were not born in the U.S., that are not white. There is, but with all the women wrestlers, all the white women wrestlers that they have pushed to the moon that aren't very good, that are just okay, they're going to fuck up Tony Storm? That just doesn't make any sense. She's white. She's hot. That doesn't make any sense for Vince to fuck that. You tell me Vince fucks Io Shirai up? You tell me Vince fucks Naomi up? You tell me Vince has Asuka out there just screaming her ass off at every single promo looking like a fool rather than looking at like the badass wrestler that she is? That makes sense to me. Tony Storm doesn't make any sense to me. She's 26 years old. She's blonde. She's beautiful. And she can fucking wrestle. That blows me away. So and that, is, that is not my take. I mean, I'm not saying that Io Shirai doesn't rule. I love Io Shirai. I just want to put this out there. I am not saying that Tony Storm is better than Io Shirai. What I'm saying is Tony Storm is a star, and it's weird that they fucked her up. Or they fucked up on on signing her or keeping her around or pushing her to the fucking moon. Tubier, I I, I expect you to at least say what I'm going to say, so I'm going to let you go first. Um, I don't know. I, I I agree with Bill. I think Tony Storm has the potential to be top five women wrestler in the world. Um, she just has a unique chemistry with fans that is very difficult to achieve and she does so like organically and she's marketable in like all the right ways and I mean she is like I think she's she doesn't like fly around like Io Shirai but her and Io Shirai have had some of the best women's matches okay. I've ever seen together I guess, so, here, I mean, I she's, guess here's the question Bill asked it so I'll just ask it to you how does Tony Storm get fucked over in WWE Oh, because they're just terrible at, at recognizing and making stars. They're just terrible at it. Like, if they were as bad at my job as they are at theirs, like, I'd be out of a job, but somehow they are the richest they've ever been. This is why everything in our system is broken. Um, it's crazy. They're really, really, really bad at what they do. Like, really bad. Okay. Scared money don't make money. Trust me, they're not scared (laughs) by any stretch of the imagination. Tony Storm just doesn't fit their profile, ultimately. Look, not the physical profile. Okay, I give you that. Okay? A lot of people fit, fit their physical profile. At a certain point, this being sports entertainment, they have to be able to talk. They have to be able to, you know, build a program where Ronda Rousey can't put up her side of the fucking fence. So, Tony Storm, you're going to have to carry this fucking, you know, feud on both sides of the fence. I'm pretty sure they just didn't have confidence in Tony Storm for their system. For AEW, it makes all the sense in the world. They actually put wrestling somewhat at the forefront. They have a little bit of a little, uh, I guess, I guess, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, side, uh, side story or whatever the case may be, a little angle here or there. But for the most part, when the women come out, 
they wrestle. Serena Deeb and uh, Thunder Rosa got a little pub last week. I like that promo. I think that would be something going forward. Tony Storm, I think, is going to be someone that's going to be going deep into the tournament. And then if she wins it, then you can put her front forward. For Tony Storm, when I'm watching her getting pies to the face, that to me is the signal where she's in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, the, yeah it's funny that you bring up Ronda Rousey in this conversation because you're like, why they need to have somebody to have carry Ronda Rousey's uh, side of the of the feud. It's like, well, isn't that that's kind of backwards though because Ronda Rousey's got the belt. You know what sucks about Ronda Rousey having the belt is that all you do when you have a belt is go out there and cut promos, and she's the worst promo that there is and if you say that tony storm when she's taking pies in the face that's like saying the wwe puts puts performers in a situation to, to fail, fail and then get mad at them when they fail is that not the case no that is the case okay. so we're all saying the same thing ultimately yeah, yes 100 percent. Right. and there is only one kind of pie that i want to see tony storm receive and it ain't to the face this motherfucker here Anyway, let's move on. I missed you too, beer. I mean, I, I should probably sell that harder. Like, I'm laughing, but I'm just laughing on the end. Like, right when you said you only too, one pie, and I was like, oh, God. <laughs> that's my dog. <laughs> that's my dog. <laughs> that's like we need to put an out. NC-17 rating on this thing before we start fucking podcasting. <laughs> it's, it's explicit. That's all they have. There's nothing else. Check the box. Is it explicit? Hell yeah, it is. <laughs> All right. What was next? All right. Speaking of explicit, we have uh, Darby Allen versus Jeff Hardy. And, um, yeah, this is what you thought it was going to be um, 100%. You have the older generation Jeff Hardy, Daredevil, versus the new generation Daredevil, Darby Allen. And,. Absolutely bonkers. Uh, some really insane spots in this match. And, you know, we knew Darby was going to do something absolutely crazy. And he delivered, I mean, jumping off of a very tall ladder that was inside the ring onto Jeff Hardy, who was standing in front of eight chairs lined up. And Jeff, like, I mean, you want to talk about whispering the wind. Like, he barely touched him. Darby essentially just jumped, like, 20 goddamn feet and landed on eight and um, where we had like Hardy doing a senton off of the top rope onto some steel steps that were on the floor. And he uh, missed. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, come on, man. <laughs> Damn. Don't forget about the yes, coffin drop onto the apron. <sighs> oh, yeah. I almost did because I've seen him do that a few times. But it's still probably like it, not, it knocked the wind out of him this time things. though. He was he was seriously sucking air. Yeah, I was about to say he, he was not selling it. He was sucking air. Ugh, God, yeah, it was uh, it was what we thought. Um, but it was surprising the the finish we had. Uh, Allen uh, do a coffin drop and then uh, I, I like that it's called him Allen. I thought of it as his first name. It's really <laughs> funny, but. Um, <laughs> Then He's got Jeff Hardy does days. a yeah a crucifix uh, pin after the coffin drop and, and sneaks a win. So Hardy's doing it in the finals. Hardy Jeff Hardy looks like he is man. 
um, motivated. <laughs> he looks yeah. fucking motivated, man. He took his shirt off at the end. He looks fucking great. There's oh, been times yeah, where he looks saying, flabby. Like, like he looks, he looks good. No, I'm, I'm like his body and stuff like looks good. I'm just saying like he looks like he is in pain, but he's not stopping oh, yes, himself from yes. doing all yes. of the stuff. That's what I mean. Right. No. Yeah, I totally agree. I missed I mistook what I thought you were going to say. I made a lot of fun of this promo last week. Oh yeah. Uh when so I have it on my Bluetooth, but I have Zach on Bluetooth, which is why it's not playing as loud, but I had a lot of fun with the promo that Darby Allen and Sting cut last week for this match. I thought it was stupid. I thought it was so underplayed. It, Promo of the year. I will be. It will be my promo of the year, no matter what. So I can play it over and over and over again. Oh Jesus Christ! Um, the vignette. <laughs> the vignette that uh, that happened at the beginning. It happened right after the Adam Cole Dax Harwood match this week. Should have been what they played last week. It was fucking awesome. Like it, it was both of them fired up. It was like, yeah, fuck yeah, we're gonna make this a no holds barred or anything goes or whatever they called it. It was it was like, oh, well, now I'm fired up for this match. Why didn't you guys do that last week instead of having Darby basically fall asleep <laughs> while cutting his promo? Yeah, and, and Sting Sting's having a senior moment. He's like, oh yeah, I guess it's uh, yeah, it's gonna be a special night. Yeah, special night. Like stop. fucking stop. Stop. Mike. That's not eight year old grandma Dude, fucking cooking toast over and over again. We got a problem. That's, that's my promo no, of the year. We're taking your beef away. We're going to call it the Darby Allen promo of the year. Oh the Darby Allen Sting promo of the year. Oh, no. No. It's still Roman Reigns promo of the year. Right. Listen, you just got me high. Now I'm on fire. <laughs> Leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> I'm not, it's not always my fault. This match this match ruled. Um, the. This is always my dichotomy with Darby Allen. I think that he has no charisma on the mic. I think he has no charisma in vignettes. And then when he gets in the ring, he is fucking awesome. His suicide dive is the best in the biz. It looked like he was shot out of a cannon when he suicide dived. Jeff Hardy right at the beginning of the match. This match started about 14 minutes before 9 o'clock Central Time. And they used every single second of it to give us... A match that they certainly, you could tell they wanted to give. They were like, we want the audience to have fun. And this was a fun match with an absolutely insane Darby Allen spot. That that spot is one of the craziest spots, and they put it on free TV or on cable TV. You did, like, they didn't make you buy a pay-per-view for it. I was like, <laughs> just an Unbelievable spot. And I also want to say this, and we can get into this a little bit. You know what? We'll get into it a little bit later. Jason, your thoughts on this on the match. Um I want almost wanted to say it was reckless to a certain yes. degree. Oh yeah. It, where it was. I was like, dude, come on. And that, it's not even about what it was on, because I know there's people you brought up free TV. I've seen people like, you know, this should have been on a pay-per-view. I don't give a fuck where this was. That's The fact that it was on free TV to me is a bonus. If you're going to complain yes. about this, on on being on free TV blows my fucking goddamn mind. Can I cut you off for just a second? Please. 
people that worry about the ratings of the wrestling shows that ratings they don't like, mean shit. they don't mean shit to you as a fan or to me as a fan or to them as a fan. If they want to put this on free TV, Let enjoy them. it because Let Tony them. Khan's a billionaire. What if, Tony Khan might have lost $400,000 on Dynamite. I don't give a fuck because I got it for free and it fucking ruled. It was it was so good that I was like, well, I shouldn't say so good. It was good to point where it was a I was, big old spot fest. And it was. And I was and there sometimes was, big old spot fests are great. And I was cringy at multiple points. And that's the only problem I have with it. I get it. I I know this is the way this match is supposed to go. As soon as they said, as soon as Darby Allen said, let's make this a no holds bar match, I was like, oh Jesus Christ. Oh God! You gonna let these two jokers go out on? <laughs> you gonna let these two jokers go out on national TV? Should have done last week. They should have done it last week. I agree. Okay, I will give you that. But they didn't. They built up to it. Next thing you know, I'm like, please God, the whole white through. I'm like, don't let this happen. And then they announced it. I'm like, okay, so now what the fuck they're gonna do? So I you can't have Darby out jumping off on some twenty feet. I don't want it was easy twenty feet. I don't want to get hyperbolic about it, but when you think about the craziest spots of all time, and I guess I'm talking to mainstream wrestling. Like I know that there's people that can probably bring up a bunch of weird indies where guys were thrown off cranes okay, yeah. and like, yeah, you know, there's the spot where uh, black or what's his name. New Jack uh, throws the dude off before the dude's ready, and yeah. he knew he was doing it before the dude was ready. But in mainstream wrestling, okay. There's, then there's be, only one. There's only one that I can think of that's crazier than that. Yeah. And it's Mankind Taker. Easily. Zach, is there one that we're missing? I mean, Mankind Taker was absolutely nuts. That was You're not that's the craziest spot. Orton throwing uh, Mankind through, I'm sorry, Edge throwing uh, Mankind through a flaming table. I think nah. that, okay, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I'm, I'm You can, I'm you can see that at local shows. <laughs> I'm reaching. I think the only thing that would compare would be like a Shane McMahon bump. Okay. That's craziest good, Shane McMahon bump we've seen? Well, the craziest Shane McMahon bump we've seen is when he, jumped off the cell to try to elbow drop Kevin Owens and Sammy Sammy Zayn pulled Kevin Owens out of the way. That's the craziest one I've seen. That's the, as, as far as I'm concerned. There was the one where he, Steve Blackman followed him up in the old right, days yeah, and hit him with the kendo stick. stick. And he fell off. Yeah, he fell backwards that, yeah, into the dumpster. Yeah, but that, was a, yeah. that was a big old. Yeah, that's not good enough. No, that was like a – I took my little to uh, the jump around gym the other day. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, you could do that here. You got that shit. Shane could do that here. No, no problem. Uh, no, I, I, would, I would still have to say mankind getting thrown off so, the top of the cell. But this is my point. Is that the second craziest spot we've ever seen in mainstream wrestling? Dude, when he got up on when Darby Allen got up on top of that ladder, I was like, dude, I'm I'm totally not comfortable with this. I'm not. It well, wasn't like I, I was looking away. I was just I, like, it, if this I was could watching go so south, if I was, if I would have been watching it live, I probably would have had the same. No, I watched it live. It was, I, I dude, know it was horrible. I know, to watch. but I like, saw, Ugh. I saw, I didn't see any spoilers on who won, so I was genuinely surprised at the ending. But I did see some stuff on Twitter that was like from a bunch of AEW marks that was like match of the year. Look at these motherfuckers! Like that's the spot of the decade, shit like that. And I was like, well, what's he do? 
He could have fucking killed himself and Hardy. Okay, and that's all I'm saying. It was a good match. I'm glad. I'm assuming both guys walked out okay. It was just too cringy. For, GCW Zach, is cringy you, for Zach, me in a different way. Zach, this did was you cringy. Ever cringe? where I was like, ugh. Did I cringe during this match? Yeah. Did you watch it live? I didn't watch it live. I mean, I watched it last night, but it wasn't live. Um, I have seen on Friends of BFR that Darby had done in crazy spots, but I, I knew he was going to. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely grimaced. I was like, ooh. Um, I'm trying to think. I feel like I've been more worried in other ladder matches. Uh, I don't know if it was like that Young Bucks uh, getting on Phoenix, the Salus Mortis or whatever. Yeah, there was some that was a crazy, there. crazy match. But uh, but yeah, it, I mean, regardless, like I qualified. It, it that, was that's one like, of the craziest spots. Yeah, that's like Jack, just jackass level stuff. To yep. the point where I'm just like, come on now. Let's let's look at big picture. I get it, I get it. This is your dream match, but let's let's save a little bit for some down the line. Hey, you guys ever feel like elbow dropping a straw man? Because I'm about to bring up a straw man here because I saw it on Twitter, and there were lots of people that thought that that spot was disrespectful to Owen Hart's widow because Owen Hart's widow was in the audience, and they said that that looked a little too close. To somebody falling to their death. Did you guys see any of these tweets? Jason took off his headphones. He's leaving. He's offended that I. He's offended that I brought up Owen Hart's window. He thinks that private family should save private. Zach, do you have any, Zach, do you have any thoughts about this? I think that that is some of the weakest shit I ever heard. Like that is just, dude. There were tweets out there with thousands. There were tweets up. out there with thousands of likes saying this stuff. There are thousands of just really weak-minded people out there. Uh, I mean, dude, like, give me a break. Like, you know what the worst thing about it is? Nothing better to do than to like just manufacture outrage. That's all, like you got nothing better to do. Uh-oh. It doesn't even affect you. You're just gonna manufacture outrage. Like yeah, I can't. I can't stand it. Honestly, uh, that treats Owen Hart's widow like such a child. Like she doesn't yeah. know what wrestling is. Like she didn't know when she went to the show. She was like, "Oh my god, they're jumping off ladders." She's a heart. <laughs> it might be yeah. It might be you know something that's par for the course. I mean, like I said, don't get me wrong. I didn't necessarily want to see Darby Allen jump off the top of that ladder, but that, I wasn't even thinking about Martha Hart at that point. No, I, I wasn't was thinking either. about those two guys in that moment. Yeah. I don't even know. God bless you if you're trying to con- connect those dots. Those dots don't even connect. That doesn't even make sense. You're trying to be. She's a heart. She should know what the she, fucking she deal knows what, is. You don't think she's ever seen the Hardys wrestle? They probably wrestled Owen. Actually, they probably did. It was 99. They probably were in some sort of match with him. Somewhere those two interchanged. He died in 99, right? I think it was Here's the thing. It's like, if she was. If oh, she Zach was, upset, Zach was, like, Zach was there the night after. It was 99, right, Zach? Uh, yeah, 
Yeah, I was. Uh, I think I was. I just turned like fourteen. Yeah. Oh man, just jerk it off six times a day, <laughs> as opposed to your usual three times a day that you do now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's pretty accurate. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I mean. If Martha Hart wants to be upset, like she could be, but there was no signs that she Take was. Me out, coach. Just people, just people manufacturing outrage on her behalf because they want to be, um, you know, I, I don't get it. They like, were like, what "There's a, a lot of oh, death. what a tribute to Owen Hart almost dying while flying to the ground." One thousand twelve likes. Yeah, ain't the same thing. Don't even start. Okay, and they're all like. There's, WWE underscore WWF yeah, exactly. underscore nerd. <laughs> like, come on, guys. Yeah. Say, at least be somewhat objective, for Christ's sake. I mean, God damn. If you're going to go out like that. And and ultimately, I think that's what it is. It's about the intention. They want to have people blow their shit up. God bless you for it. I ain't got time for no shit like that. What I say is what I say on here, on Twitter, whatever the case may be. And I'm not doing it for attention it's just the way i feel those that shit right there that sounds like some, some attention grabbing motherfuckers that need a hug a big ass hug or playing grass yeah i barely get on i barely get on twitter anymore like it's like there's so many people out there that just need to either like touch grass or touch ass just get out there and see the real world. Just like, I was about to say, the way these motherfuckers talking, they ain't touching much ass, so they going to roll around that grass. Enjoy some consensual sex with whatever gender type that you appreciate. Like, just get out there and just experience something besides the fake, the fake and phony outrage and the fake and phony people. Uh, it say, is what you gonna say to this chick? Do you like Alexa Bliss? <laughs> so, fuck is that? Spe- <laughs> speaking of consensual sex, uh, the Young Bucks Mm-mm. come out with the Undisputed Elite and stare down the Hardys. It looks like we're going towards a Bucks versus Hardys match. I fully expect this match to be a five star classic, and if you don't, then you haven't been listening to Zach for the last two years because. <laughs> He's basically brought me around to his side. They never have a terrible match. I guess neither do Penta and Phoenix, but still. The Young Bucks are, pardon the pun, an elite tag team team for all time. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. I've been wrong before and I'll be wrong again. Look, he said an elite Elite tag team. Well, I didn't say they were the best of all time, okay, but I don't think that, that's I, don't, that, I think they're in go. the conversation, though, is what I'm saying. Look. And so if Zach has them as his guys, the then last time I checked, that's the what Briscoes to be, say won, they're in the conversation. The Briscoes won the Impact Tag Titles over the weekend. Uh, I'm trying Dude, to think Briscoes. of what move they used. Oh, wait. It was the Doomsday device. Who uses that? Oh, yeah. The Road Warriors. Enough said. So you're saying the Road Warriors are the best tag team of all time? Goat. Okay, that's fine. They're in the conversation I mean, they're, also. They're in the con- they're in the conversation too. Yeah. Nobody nobody laugh at you for saying that. I'm not asking you to laugh at me for it. Now they I'm laugh just- at you when you say right to censor your favorite tag team, your favorite faction of all time, but they don't understand that what was going on in the country at the right, time. And right. The right to censor was just a response to what was going into the country with you know Bob Dole and post Bob Dole Republicans, but WWE type shit. Go ahead. <laughs> Like, bro, bro, just because 
you can't understand it doesn't mean it doesn't make sense. <laughs> you just can't comprehend it, bro. Like Young Bucks definitely better than the Hardys. Ooh. Um Considering that, oh, yeah. considering that the Hardys are somebody that the Bucks look up to, that's that's a tall that's a tall response. Um, but at the same time, the, the Bucks don't exist without the Hardys in the same way. None of them exist without the Rock and Roll Express. Press, like, yeah, without question, it all goes downhill. I'll but, just say this: if it happens, it should be a good match. It already happened before with ladders, ladder match, the whole shebang. This match is just going to be a little different, not too crazy, but a little different, and it should be good. And that's more so to my point. There's no way in the world you could do blood and guts on double or nothing without having this be in five hours. But that match is happening, and we're all looking forward to it. Now, we've been doing this podcast for one hour and 35 minutes or something, and we have spent almost half as much time talking about Dynamite as Dynamite lasted. (laughs) So, <laughs> go ahead. what we're going to do is move on to the three count. <laughs> you act like we talk about Dynamite from the start, but go ahead. All right, so the three count is for New Japan heads, or if you're looking to get into New Japan and you're just wanting some uh, shoot drama that's, <laughs> that's happening, Kota Ibushi, who is one of the biggest stars in New Japan wrestling, not that's not out of the realm at all. He's a former champion. He was tag champion. Japanese yeah, wrestling, even just all of Jeff. The all, first yeah, United, uh, you know, he was the first United champion. I mean, he won lots of tag titles in the Golden Lovers with Kenny Omega. He is only forty. He looks like a seventeen-year-old girl. Jesus Christ, he's forty. He, he's <laughs> he's an unbelievable technician. Some of my favorite New Japan matches of all time. He has been hurt. He got hurt kind of famously. If you're a loyal pod, uh, loyal listener to the podcast, you remember that he got hurt in the G1 final against Okada. He was trying to do a, I want to say it was Phoenix like, Splash. Trying to do a Phoenix Splash, landed on his shoulder the wrong way. His shoulder was all fucked up. Terrible end to a great tournament. G1, as we always say, is the Terrible actual- end to a great match. Terrible into a great match. I mean, it was, what, 25 minutes into the match? Mm-hmm. It was like at Just the end. It was supposed to be good. one of the biggest moves. <laughs> God damn it. Very disappointing. As disappointing as it can get, really, in wrestling. Like, I know we were just talking about Owen Hart, but I'm saying in terms of, like, a match, like an injury sh- sh- ending something great, that was it. Like, even Austin pinned Owen after he broke his neck. (laughs) But he came out. He's been hurt for a while. And he had, like, a tweet storm the other day (laughs) talking about how New Japan management has sexually harassed him. Um, Not sure what his sexual orientation is or what he considers his gender to be. I don't know. I, I don't know. But... It's he is a very beautiful looking man, <laughs> without question. Without, Not saying that makes you more or less <laughs> likely to be sexually harassed. I'm yeah, just saying. It, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be more so in, was, on both he sides. He was asking for it, bro. He <laughs> was asking for it. You see those pictures of those clothes he wears outside the ring, bro. He was asking. For thank it. you, Zach, you for saying. Shit. Thank you, Zach, you for saying shit. what I couldn't say. But man, <laughs> he looks so good. Okay. 
But <laughs> sorry, here's dude. Why, here's why me wanting to have sex with Kota Ibushi is not gay. Yeah, All right? He, I'm just going to lay it out there. He's, I have so much testosterone, bro. So much testosterone that, like, all other dudes are just, like, kicks to me. It's not gay. <laughs> <laughs> he proved it to me. He proved to me how much That's testosterone amazing. he had. That's amazingly funny. <laughs> so what I was saying was... Uh, Abushi had a tweet storm where he blamed them on sexual harassment. He said they were unsafe working conditions. He said they asked him back to wrestle before he was ready, ready. but after he told him he was ready, and then he pulled back himself. He also said that the Yakuza uh, has their fingers in New Japan Pro Wrestling and that the Yakuza gets to approve everything. I have to go get my charger. I'll let you guys discuss. Um... Tubier, you actually sent me this link, so I mean, I'll let you take uh, the piggyback on this from this point forward. You sent it to me. What do you think? I mean, it's pretty wild. Uh, obviously, he's unhappy, like, obviously. regardless of the validity of like any of that. Like, we don't know anything except the Yakuza stuff. Certainly not out of realm of possibility. There's a lot of history with the Yakuza and like Japanese, like fighting art and stuff like that uh they're heavy into pride uh and, and a lot of other japanese promotions like you can just google it and it's there but uh but yeah uh so outside of the validity of the stuff it is interesting he's obviously unhappy we know kodobushi's history is he's always shunned contracts and remember you know back in the time of the may young you know we were talking about man it's so crazy mm-hmm. that Abushi could be the top guy in any promotion, but he just won't sign a contract, so nobody wants to give him the belt and be a top guy. But he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. He's one of the best wrestlers in history. So um, it's just absolutely bonkers. So obviously, the dude's unhappy. Uh, it is interesting, though, because if he were to get out of his contract, if he were released, it's not like you know he could just go to like AW. Right. Because AW and Japan are business partners now. And no matter how close he is with Kenny or how good of a wrestler he is, like them having a partnership with Japan as a whole is way bigger than just one wrestler. So there's that aspect. Um, you know, could he go to DDT? Um, you know, would, would DDT want to mess with him now or is he a liability? Um, or does he just have roots there and they're like, okay, because they know that he won't get all upset and they won't put him in a position to where he would do something like this. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of layers here, but uh, it is definitely the most interesting thing to happen all week because it's <laughs> real deal shoot stuff. And it's also Japanese culture. So like um, I, it's foreign to me literally, um, but I'm very intrigued, very interested by it. There's a, certain things where you touched on, like, the major points, but there's, like, um, Kotobushi's claiming that some of his merch money was taken away. Uh, he has a problem with um, Tai Chi, uh, Taka, other guys that are in the promotion that have cheated on their wives, so that kind of leans into your Japanese uh, culture portion of this program. I'll just say this. Just on the wrestling aspect alone, because I expected Kota Ibushi to come back um, right around the New Japan Cup. Apparently, he was 
book to win the New Japan Cup. I got, I got to go next when you're done. Sorry, Zach. It'll be quick. I think the one of the biggest problems is, and I'll make it quick. One of the biggest problems is that Kotobushi signed a deal with New Japan. The biggest problem with this whole scenario, it started off is that Kotobushi went to uh, Taka's uh, promotion, just tapped out, and that's where the initial problem happened. Could he be there? Could he not be there? Gato gave him permission, but you probably shouldn't have been there. So that was a whole problem in and to itself. From that point, I don't have any problem with Kota Ibushi holding himself back if he physically didn't think he was ready to perform. I want, him to, I want him to be ready to go, preferably in the New Japan Cup. Oops. It worked itself out. Zach, Zach Sabre Jr. won it. Him and uh, Okada had a good match. Okay. Yeah. But ultimately, as the New Japan fan, I want to see Obushi versus Okada at least finish itself out. Of if it doesn't course. Ha- if it doesn't happen, then so be it. But I totally get where Obushi's coming from. He's feeling disgruntled, yes. and he's holding a grudge like a microphone. Uh-huh. I ain't mad at him because I would do the same damn thing. Well, so you say that Obushi has a problem with Tai Chi cheating on his wife. Talking to Ishimori, yeah. Taka Ishimura as well, but that's part of the Japanese All culture. I'm saying is if you're married to a guy with Uh-oh. as much animal magnetism Mm-mm. and just sexual prowess and just sexuality just dripping off him as Tai Chi, as evil? Tai Chi, as Tai Chi, <laughs> you know your man's out there getting fucked. <laughs> he is gorgeous. He is. Who's more pretty, Tai Chi or Cody Ibushi? Cody Ibushi. Okay, all right. Cody Ibushi so pretty. Say, come on now. I'd rather fuck Tai Chi. Okay, so I saw Renee. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Renee Dupree. I threw that out there on our text thread. Renee Dupree was out there. Oh yeah, I don't um, want to fuck Renee Dupree. <laughs> nah, that hurt. <laughs> you guys got my uh, knowing the password. Dude's got a hog. Okay. <laughs> Him and uh, was it Dr. Wagner? Dr. Wagner Jr. won the uh, New Tag Team Championships the other night. I had to watch the match because you know that's just what I do. I, but thought, I thought that about you guys. Dupree, I thought Rene Dupree's partner was his hog. <laughs> <laughs> they, it, it can't physically come out of the trunk All right. to wrestle. Uh, so we're not talking about the bushy anymore, right? We should move on. Yeah, I was getting ready to say. I'll, as a as a, a huge New Japan fan, I want him to come back, but I I don't know if he's coming back or not. All right, that's gonna do it for our three count. One, two, three. All right, a couple odds and ends, guys. Please, what are they doing with Lacey? I I like the direction they're going. I want her to be a yeah, baby. Did you face. see her come out the other night? And they were like, she asked that you please stand, stand to show the. Proper respect. respect. Like, is she, is she a heel now? That that's where I was like, that's I don't a know swerve what we're for doing. All yeah. swerves, but they should have made it more obvious. I don't. That's why I, everything she's done as babyface promos that was heelish. To where I was like, what? The, what? Yeah, and they spent like two months on this shit, man. Uh, Austin, don't fuck this up. Uh, Zach, did you happen to see Austin Theory versus Cody? Uh, no, I actually meant to watch the Hulu replay of Raw, but. Uh... I heard that it ended in a DQ, and I was like, well, there's no point. Yeah, Austin Theory, um, he fucking rules. Like, I'm on board the train. Like, he gets it. 
He is a really good, smarmy friend of Vince you McMahon. Get, you can go back into the BFR archives. I know I've said Arson Theory and Evolve on this podcast on multiple occasions. I will stick to that, minus the Me Too nonsense he got himself into, and that's a whole other story for another time. Uh, just a couple other things. Uh, have you guys seen Santino's daughter in NXT? You know any motherfucker that watches NXT. That's why I asked you about Io Shirai. So you guys have not seen Ariana Grace? I'm sure I've seen a picture of her. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Maybe not. She's a, they, They're having the new breakout tournament, yeah. And she had a match with Nikita Lyons. And I can't remember who it was. It might have been Patriot Pat. Somebody said that, like, horny wrestling Twitter is about to melt down <laughs> over this <laughs> shit. Uh, <laughs> Nikita Lyons gets a lot of attention for her figure. Mm. Uh, I'm just going to say go check out. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm still Electro Lopez. Sorry. That's my baby. Santino Morello's daughter, Ariana Grace. Still. still. She, she is. Electro uh, Lopez. Very talented. I still stand Tammy Seitz. No, they never had to boot her ass out of the WWE Hall of Fame. That's crazy. What a dick. Uh, let's see. Anything, anything else? No. NXT, our NXT was terrible. Um, what? Anything else you guys want to talk about? Um, We're getting ready to sign off. Any closing thoughts for the week? No. Um, BS, BSOJ starting on the uh, Maybe the we weekend? should call this the go home section of the of the show. All right, guys, let's go home. Jason, what's your go home? BSOJ starting this weekend. Uh, it's going to be the first time in like two or three years where you're going to see guys from different promotions coming over to New Japan, Ace Austin, Will Yuta, I'm sure I missed TJP. Um, it should be real interesting to see who is who. Do you got who do you got? Um, I'd have to look at the list again. Uh, the the one the pure champion. I don't think he's going to win, but I look for him to have a pretty good showing. We talked about we. I said yeah. like five and four last name? week. Where were you? No, the the ROH pure champion. We oh, no, that's Yuta. not who I'm thinking of. <laughs> Fuck. I don't know. Go ahead, Zach. Who do you think is going to win? Who you got, Tubir? I'm looking right now at the uh, the block. But I don't have, like, the The, the B block is stacked. Matter. B block is insane. Actually, I have it. Yeah. It's still written down. This is a great pod, guys. Hey, man, look. I can't help you motherfuckers. I mean, Hiromo and Taiji Shimori on the A block and maybe show I think show have a strong showing but it's probably either Takashi or Ishimori on the A block and then B block mm, I mean uh, Despy Phantasmo yeah Is I, it I show? don't see any of the shows in the A block I don't, think any of the, I don't think any of the visitors are gonna go to the finals but I wouldn't be surprised if we really did would not be surprised if their Utah went to the finals if they're just trying to. I think it's cool. That, like, we were talking about this last week, Zach. I think it's cool that he's just going over there for four weeks or five weeks. Ace Austin the same way. Very cool, man. Like, and yeah, that evens up the odds in that blood and guts match, too. But I'll, I'll say it. Um, Ishimori is the champion right now. And there was a while back where. He and ELP 
kind of teased uh, a little beef about the junior heavyweight championship. So if I'm going to call my shot and I'm going to say a, a champion who wins the tournament, I'll do it right now. It's probably going to be wrong, but I'm connecting the dots the best way I can possibly can. I'm going with ELP to win it all. Well, then I'm going with Hiromu. <laughs> I'll take the chalk. Look at you. <laughs> you ain't shit. I'll take the chalk. Two beer, it doesn't matter. Nobody's getting ready to get whipped. Who you got? I mean, Hiromu is always a safe bet. Um, but I feel like maybe give it to somebody else. Um uh, TJP. I like actually I like <laughs> TJP. All bullshit. I like this. I want to see. I, I do want to watch nine TJP matches. They're going to be good. Yeah, they're going to be good. To be better than his tattoos. I'm going show. Okay, <laughs> I oh, like show. show, dude. I was uh, I was thinking about show. Uh, hey Zach, what's your go home for the week? Uh, if you own uh, a gaming system that will play it, go buy Elden Ring because it has kept me from watching anything but the most essential wrestling because uh, it's all I want to do in my free time. So it's worth the $60. I never buy games whenever they're brand new and they're $60, but I got this for my birthday for my wife and kids, and I'm so glad they bought it for me because it's all I want to do is eat, sleep, Elden Ring, jerk off. Does, it, does Dexter does Dexter play with with you too as well, or, do, or are you just doing that solo dolo? Uh, so not with me, uh, but he does play when I'm not playing. Like I'm sure he's playing right now. <laughs> Bill, what's your go home? My go home of the week is there was a movie that came out last year that I was excited when I heard it was being made. It's called it was called The Last Duel with Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Adam Driver, directed by Ridley Scott. It's a true story of the last duel in France ever. And the movie is, it's about a rape that happens. So there's these two rivals and the one rival gets accused of raping the other rival's wife. Mm -mm. And then the one guy says, he goes all the way up to the king of France. He says, I want to kill the, I want to fight this guy to the death. And the king grants it. Okay, that's stop. why it's called the last duel. I'm okay. not giving anything away. Okay, the stop movie the is told stop from the, stop the tape. Sure. So the guy that is being accused goes to the king of France. No. Oh, the guy, the accuser. accuser. Okay. He says, "I Fuck think that. That you, this guy raped I my wife. wife." She's telling me, and then and then it tells the story from his perspective, the other guy's perspective, and the wife's me- perspective, and oh, then the end is the last duel. So it was an actual duel to the death, and I'm telling you, and then the. The last scene between Matt Damon and Adam Driver, they start on horses and they're like jousting and then they're like fighting with swords and shit. It's the best wrestling match I've seen all year. <laughs> it is like, it's fulls of highs and lows and they say shit to each other. It's unreal. I've watched the last scene, which lasts about 30 minutes, four times in the last eight days. That's how much I like this movie. It's on mm. HBO Max. It's called The Last Duel. Matt Damon, Ben Affleck. Like- ben Affleck is unreal in it. Adam Driver... Jody Adam Comer. Driver is, is uh, dude. This movie, Star Wars guy, right? This movie that fucked is, up Star Wars. This right? movie is that so dude. fucking good. Motherfucker, you won't, you, you can't even imagine it. Anyway, that's my. I thought, go- I thought you were gonna say that. Uh, it turns out that in the end, it was uh, Kevin Spacey all along. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> I love that fucking movie. User suspects, good shit. Good anyway, shit. the last duel is on HBO Max. Can't, couldn't recommend it more. Okay, fair enough. This is banned from rings. I like that segment, the go home segment. Look Anything you. you want to talk about, Look huh? You. Look huh? at you. All right, I like we, that. We got some birthdays this week. May Young. R.I.P. Don't make it be Would have been 99. Kenta is 42. That means Kenta is younger than me. That fucks me up. Matt Jackson. You know which one that is? That the older one or the younger one? Motherfucker, I know which one of you. Is that the older one or the younger one? If he super kicked you in the face, I knew which one that motherfucker is. I'll tell you that. Is it the older one or the younger one? I don't know. I think it's the older. Matt Jackson. Zach, the older one or younger one? Matt is older. Ah, Zach nailed it. But he <laughs> he should. That, he should. Don't fuck. Don't fucking say, but he looks younger to me. It's only fucking me up more. Santa, oh, the, uh, the, oh, he's thirty-seven. Okay. The aforementioned Santino Morella, forty-eight. His daughter Gee. Ariana Grace. Go, go out your way to check her out. Uh, she's <laughs> she's got some great. You gonna make me want to put a sock on my hand? <laughs> He's heating up. I'm dead. How can we go on? How can we go on after that? I'm dead. That's it. Wrap it up. <laughs> Bring out the trucks. <laughs> That's the number one Who joke. Who gives a fuck about anybody else's birthday at that point? That's that is That's joke. The end, man. That's joke of the year. <laughs> That's joke of the fucking podcast. <laughs> Unbelievable. Iron Sheik uh, is 80. Jordan Devlin is 32. The aforementioned MJF, 26. 26. <laughs> that dude's getting ready to get paid Unbelievable out the joke. Ass. I'm sorry if you guys couldn't hear it on the. I just, <laughs> no, he always tells me to, to uh, take a, the mic away from me when I'm laughing like that. I had to. Samoa Joe is 43. <laughs> Who is? Samoa Joe. <laughs> I said, you sound like Chris Jericho <laughs> last night. <laughs> I said Samoa Joe. No, you didn't. You guys are stoned. You stoned. Test. R.I.P. Yeah, Don't look at me. We've been younger than you. He's uh, <laughs> 47. You. Rick the Model Martel. What do you mean, thank you? I He's know, already I dead. Said, I, I know. I Rick the Model Martel that. is 60. Or would have been, been 66. <laughs> and EC3 would have been 39. You ain't shit. He's still. <laughs> 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 Gotta control that narrative. This, this play is coming in raw, baby. <laughs> Everybody, we know there's tons of podcasts. To listen to, so we appreciate you listening to ours. For Lucha Chris, for Tender Mahal, for Grandel Wrestling. Double check, I got the shirt on. Nice. For Two Beers, Zach Pullman. Did I say Lucha Chris? Did I say Sideways in Time? Did I say Patriot Pat? Listen, I'm sorry, EC3. If you hear that, I, I am sorry, dude. Yeah, sorry. Your life means something. It is worth something. For Jason Cornelius Bell, for Bill Vagie, we're going to go watch the NBA and everybody. Never forget to boo the heels. EC3, we coming for you, bitch! Oh, shit. Poor EC3.